if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick. Or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I want to slow things way down for a totally different experience, when I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals. And when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Oh My C from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet. Sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience, so a softer, quieter toy is incredibly appreciated. I make sure to take deep breaths as I let the pleasure and sensation build, breathing it throughout my body, and when the time is just right, I pick up the speed of the rotation and I ride a full body wave of ecstasy. This is one of many acts of devotion I choose to regularly deliver to myself. And it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high-quality, beginner-friendly, super-cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Oh My See from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. Joining me on the show today, I have Brinsky to talk about the Netflix series, Sex Life. If you haven't heard, Sex Life is a new series released in June that is driving everyone from 20-year-old sorority girls to 50-year-old housewives wild. The main character, Billy, is a married mother of two living in the suburbs, and she's seemingly happy. That is until she begins to recall the days before the safety of her marriage. When she lived in New York City, wild and free, having sex with strangers and living on the edge. She begins to fantasize about the one that got away, the one who broke her heart, and of course, the one she had the best sex of her life with. So on today's show, we're going to have a convo about why this show is so popular and discuss the question so many women are pondering. Can you really have it all when it comes to your sex and love life? I hope y'all enjoy the show. Brinsky, want to run down the key points of what we're discussing today? Let's do it. So a couple of talking points that we'll be chatting about from the show that we felt were really important to discuss. First and foremost, the waning passion in Billy's marriage. We'll be diving into that. Just the general lack of communication between partners, between friends, the horse cock. If you know, you know, 
pause for dramatic effect. Desire versus safety, friendships and how they play a role in your sex life, the sex party and what it lacked majorly, and then just playing in fantasy and how that uh, evolved throughout the show. So if you haven't seen the show all the way through, we're just going to go ahead and forewarn you. We're going to talk about the whole series. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yes, we will talk all the way through to the very end. So you have been warned. <laughs> also about the horse cock. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't help it, right? No. It's like not the first talking point, but we want it to be. But it, it basically should be. But it basically should be. Yeah. Okay, so... We'll loop back around to that. <laughs> Let's just talk about the series in general really quick and kind of lead up to the main character and just how how the story unfolds, what it's about. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious before we jump into like the specific talking points that we have here, what was your general, what was your introduction to the show and how how did all that go down? I mean, it starts like most Netflix series or series that go viral, right? You start to hear the buzz. Everyone's talking about it on Instagram. I think you even um, alluded to something I really needed to see in episode three um, to the point where you were even filming people's reactions. (laughs) (laughs) So I knew this was a show uh, that I was curious about at the very least. And then, of course, knowing the work that we do. I felt like it was my obligation to society to watch this show. (laughs) It is doing my job well if I watched this show. And I ended up actually canceling plans on a Saturday. It was the 4th of July. This was my 4th of July. Great. I canceled all of my plans and I binged watched the entire, entire show. Did you masturbate? Oh, yeah. Oh my God. I had my vibrators <laughs> charging before I even started. I knew I was going to be going through those suckers. <laughs> so I had a great independence day. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> I love my life. <laughs> right? Yeah. It was so hot. I, yeah. It was, um, it was porn. Essentially yeah, watching yeah. porn. Softish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It Mostly soft. Makes me think of, I actually, shared this before we started recording, but the show Big Mouth, mm-hmm. which you also told me about. Yes. Um, and there was an episode where they learned that girls are horny too. And all the boys <laughs> are just, their brains are exploding. Exploding, yeah. And there were, the reason they find this out is because it's a show about, I think they're, are they middle schoolers? They're, pu- they're going through puberty. Yeah. And so it's all about hormones and sex and, and the, girls discover essentially an erotic novel that's oh yeah I remember this and they're all walking around reading it and the boys are like they're literally allowed to walk around school reading porn and I kind of feel like that's what we're all doing right now watching this Netflix series like we're just low-key watching porn um and there's more to it than that. yeah and of course it is based off of an erotic novel yes the erotic novel 44 chapters about four men a memoir So B.B. Easton is the author. So just so y'all know, this is based off of a book that is also very hot and steamy, which most of these series or movies are based off of erotic novels, which are literatica. Mm -hmm. It is porn for the mind, which I think suits us very well. Yes. You know, when I say us, I'm I'm speaking women generally. Mm -hmm. So, so my introduction to it was I saw you know, on the main page, whenever you turn on Netflix, 
and it just says sex life. And mm-hmm. I'm like, whatever. You're right. I was very like, get out of here. Cool. Yeah. I talk about this shit all the time. Mm-hmm. So cool. And I was like, eventually I will watch it. I'm sure that I will, especially if it's something that blows up and it's pop culture and because the people in our community and our listeners, they'll ask me about it. I was going to say, you started getting Instagram so requests about the it. The reason why I actually turned it on was because people started sending me DMs that said, have you seen sex life? Or I, what did you think about sex life? Or I want to hear your thoughts on it. And then y'all know every now and then I'll put a, a ask me anything box up usually once a week, once every other week. And I was steadily getting, I want your thoughts on sex life. And I'm like, all right, fuck y'all. I'll do it. Twist my arm. (laughs) I will sit down and watch it. And the first, I think two or three episodes, maybe I watched the first episode on my own. And then Jordan watched the next couple with me. And it was just, I got uncomfortable because I mean, it's cheesy. Some of it is really cheesy. Yes sitting next to him is, I feel the cheesiness sitting by myself. I got my popcorn uh-huh. and I got my vibrate, you know, you know, like it's a totally different experience yes. because I let myself indulge in the fact that mm-hmm. this is romantic and erotic and a little cheesy and fucking awesome. Yes. You know, like sometimes it feels good to indulge in that kind of thing, but I will say that it's produced really well. It was, you know, yeah. the acting was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I really loved all the characters. I'm, I might be about to blow your mind. I've intentionally been not telling you this so that I could get your recorded response to oh, it. Great. Billy, the character, Billy mm-hmm. and the character, Brad mm-hmm. are dating. No, <laughs> fuck me up. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> They're so hot. Yeah. I want to be Billy. They're real life. You're so tiny like her. Oh, God. And you could be. Opening scene, I was just like, who is this woman? And why am I in love with her? You kind of look like her. Oh, stop it. She's got great tits. Speaking of her great tits, tits. you just see them every episode. All the time. I wasn't mad about it. She's really naked. And they're dating. Of course they are. Yes, they are. They got, they, they started dating while Through the filming show? the show. <sighs> and they're like, I think. I'm so happy. Me too. I right? hope I run into them. But she's so tiny. The tiniest. And he's... We're not there yet. So... <laughs> it's funny that you were talking about watching the show next to your partner. I had a funny conversation with a girlfriend over the weekend. And she was saying that she recognized her relationship had grown when she was able to watch a show like this next to her partner and not be pissed at him (laughs) because in the past when their sex life had been not at its best, she would watch shows like that and feel enraged. And she said it was such a nice moment to go like, Oh, we're back and we're able to have hot sex again. And this show doesn't make me want to murder you. And I thought that was a really valid point because I've remembered watching things like this and thinking, why can't you be better? Exactly. (laughs) I, I not in this relationship, but relationships in the past. Like I remember the person that I was engaged to, which I don't talk about very much. I used to write about it a lot, but this was when I was living on cruise ships and I have like a, I feel like if I tell this story, then people will go, yeah, those are red flags right away. Alexa. I'm like, yeah, I know. Thank you. Anyway, we, we started our relationship and I won't go too far into it, but, uh, we were basically sexless 
for the last couple to few years, which means that we were having sex less than once a month. And at one stage I was counting, I was like marking on the calendar and it was just such a heart wrenching thing. And we just could not Mm. meet in it, but he was also doing all kinds of shady shit on the side. So anyway, um, we would watch movies and there would be sex scenes and I would cry. Mm. I would like cry watching intimacy on TV because I just couldn't fit. Like, why couldn't we have that? And like, what was essentially what was wrong with me? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a real thing. (sighs) Girls are horny too. We think about sex. We do. And we like having it. Yeah. I mean, generally there might be a few people that don't like Mm -hmm. it out there in the world. Totally. Right. So let's talk about the storyline. What do you, do you want to give a quick recap of the storyline? Yeah. So Billy is mom of two, married to Cooper, Cooper, this beautiful man. They have a beautiful home, beautiful children. And it starts off and it paints this perfect picture, right? Of They have the gorgeous home. They live in the suburbs. They're clearly very wealthy. Um, You know, everything looks perfect from the outside. And I think that's a really great place to start, right? When we think of the standard American dream, like what Mm -hmm. we are told we are supposed to work towards. And when you have this, everything will be great. I mean, this is what we're sold from the time we're little girls, right? You find the person, you fall in love, you marry the prince, you have the babies and you live happily ever after. And so I love that it cuts right to Um, I think she's, you know, breastfeeding this like beautiful baby in this gorgeous white dress. And then they're like looking at butterflies in the garden. And it's just this like sweet um, scene that they set. And then it starts to show the flashbacks where she can't stop thinking about her previous partner from another lifetime, right? Her before marriage partner. And it's a lot of bouncing back and forth, but essentially you start to see that Billy is in a safe, loving and kind marriage that is sexless. So it's showing that there is waning desire, waning passion. I think one of the opening scenes, she puts herself out there and is vulnerable and tries having sex with her partner. And he's focused on the football game that's Mm -hmm. behind her. And you want to fucking strangle him. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Gorgeous woman on top of you. She's trying to ride you. Yes. Get your dick together. And I remember feeling some feels watching it and I think she rolls over and says something like, just hand me the the vibrator. vibrator. And he's like, are you sure? And I want to fucking slap him. And I've been there. Yeah. I've fucking been there. And I've been the woman that says it's fine when it's not fucking fine. And so I felt for her in those moments and I, oh, I mean, I was, I was married and I was in a at times sexless marriage and I was in a at times, non-communicative marriage. Mm -hmm. And so all of these points were just hitting nerves with me. And so she starts to really dream about this life before marriage where the sex was hot. And she was essentially this wild and free woman living in the city, having sex with different men, but mostly the one. Yeah. Brad. Yeah. Brad. And he's Australian and he's a record music producer and he's got a bunch of money and I'm licking my lips and can't and can't commit. Can't commit, Brad. 
can't commit Brad, basically. <laughs> yes. So we looked up um, a quote that we're both very fond of by Esther Perel, and it says, love enjoys knowing everything about you. Desire needs mystery. Love likes to shrink the distance that exists between me and you, while desire is energized by it. If intimacy grows through repetition and familiarity, eroticism is numbed by repetition. I have goosebumps. I have goosebumps too. Mm. Well, you can't really. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, and it's so the truth. And it's one of those, can you have your cake and eat it too? And can you have all of those things? Because the human wants this risk and adventure and excitement and all these adrenaline infusing dopamine, serotonin kind of environments, but also part of the creature of the human wants the safety and the security and, um, the consistency and, uh, you know, to say, I want to be a mom and I want to bring up a family then, and I will also say, which I haven't, I haven't mentioned, I know that all types of people listen to the show mm -hmm. and we're speaking about a show that is from, I've seen this, this quoted the gaze, the female perspective. Mm -hmm. So we're going to just full on flow this out as the women we are and the women that we identify in the world. And so take this for whatever you would like, and just know these are our individual perspectives here. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, just want to like preface as we continue to to go forward. The the we sometimes is very generally for women. And we also understand that this won't be everybody's experience. But I imagine that if I'm sharing something very personally or you are, Bryn, then there's some people out there, or if we're talking specifically about the show, people will resonate on mm. some level. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. So throwing that out there. Mm. Yeah. The quote for me stirs up uh, this yeah, age old question of can you have it all? And in the show, essentially, they paint a picture that you can't. Yeah. I, I think even at one point, there is a, a therapist that mm -hmm. says you can't have it all unless right. he implies that maybe you could, um, but they really don't set it up in a right. way that it shows that you can. And I would say that we have jobs. We literally do this work so that we show people that you can have both. Yeah. Because typically when people come to us, they're in the same place that Billy is typically mm -hmm. where they, it's not necessarily to the point in which I think their marriage is starting to unravel because they let it get pretty far before they start working on things. And we have couples and individuals of all different varying walks of life and stages in their relationships. Um, but it, it really does register in that this is where we support people in showing that you, you can have right. both and it's going to take effort and it's going to take communication, which they majorly miss on the show. Um, and I know that's one of the points we wanted to touch on is how little communication is shown between her and her partner. Yeah. Her, her husband. Right. Right. Cooper. <laughs> But he's hot. Yeah. They're both hot. They are. But right. I, for whatever reason, want to just smack Cooper. Cooper in his fucking pretty face. <laughs> <laughs> just slap the gel right out. Uh -huh. I mean, he's got his own thing that he's struggling with too mm -hmm. and his commitment and his marriage. And then there's somebody who's at his, his workplace mm -hmm. that's saying you're not happy and everything that she's saying she's not happy with, I want. Yes. And so just letting you know, I'm here when, whenever that's done, I'm here. And there's just so much realness. So much. There's really so much realness for so many people. And 
the way that, the way that I see it, you're exactly right. And I think about this too. I'm like, I literally have a job mm-hmm. that teaches people how they can have all of the things, yes. but it is not like a snap your fingers no. and here it is on a platter. You're going to have to integrate the one into, into the other. And then you will live a different life. It won't be, I get to go back and live this other version of myself, this other epoch of myself, mm-hmm. or that I am going to have to totally be the person who I think I am today. It's like this new version yeah. that you get to create a new reality, but it definitely does take speaking about it. Cause I, the whole time we were, uh, that I was watching the show, I was like, the fuck they don't talk. No, they don't. Like, they literally don't speak. We have another quote here that really has been standing out for us. Um, and it says, don't let, this is a quote that we found on, um, the gram on the gram. Yeah. Hmm. As usual, don't let this tainted self-love trend have you 50 and alone because you walked away from everything that didn't serve you and you didn't learn conflict resolution. Moment of silence for that one. Mm-hmm. Let that fucking land. I know when I saw that pop up, it pinged something in me because I so resonate with Billy. I left my marriage at a place where I was craving desire. I was craving danger. I was craving excitement. Adventure, please fuck me where I might could die just yes. once. <laughs> fuck me on this edge of this burning building on the rooftop while we're on LSD. Like that's oh, what God. I wanted. <laughs> I didn't quite get that, but close. It was just like when the fantasies are, when you're just like, things are just drying up mm-hmm. air quotes. And it's like the fantasies just start stacking on top of the fantasies. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, and I resonate with this because we see the way that it panned out in my marriage were essentially two wounded children that so desperately wanted intimacy and could not break past their own bullshit to be able to connect with one another just past the other side of this conflict was, I imagine, beautiful sex and desire and passion and all of these things, but we couldn't get past that point. And we see essentially the same thing happen with Billy and Cooper, that they are dying on the inside and really struggling to connect with one another. And I have such empathy for that. I have empathy for Cooper too, because you see how he's providing for his family. He's working his ass off. He's probably up from sun up to sundown, like providing for his family and he's fucking tired. Yeah. He's trying to live out the other side of what is sold to little boys. Yes. Growing up, you know, where, where it's like, if you want to have the American dream, then you need to work hard and get a good job and be kind, take care of your family, do X, Y, Z. And a part of what's not communicated in this whole American dream thing is, and then you will bore your wife to fucking tears. And I'm sure himself too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's numbing absolutely. out with things like football. Right. And we see different variations of that in our space, but, um, when people are exhausted and bored and disconnected because they're unhappy, they start numbing out. Right. And that's essentially what we're seeing here is two people choosing to numb out in different ways. Yeah. And so that also brings up something towards the beginning. I don't know if it's in the first or the second episode, but you're hearing, you're watching this story of the past play out and it's going back and forth. Well, it's like kind of, you know, going into the past. And it's showing Brad and they're at a club and everything's always like, so I won't, makes me want to go out. Yeah. You know, I stopped wanting to do, do drugs and dance. Yeah, exactly. And he's like fingering her mm. in a, 
in a fake phone booth in a club mm-hmm. and then he's you know sucking on her it. fingers and then like <laughs> bending her over a balcony and it's just insane yeah and let me just quickly talk about this sex in a pool scene have you ever had sex in a pool yeah it doesn't work that doesn't way. fucking work that no. way let me just tell y'all something wet a wet pussy is not uh enhanced by actual water mic drop <laughs> But don't actually drop it because these these expensive. <laughs> drop these microphones. No, but it's true. If you yeah. try it fucking in water, it's like going down a dry slide. It just like doesn't work. <laughs> You're like, ow, this should be odd. And somehow right? it's not. Because this is wet in yes. theory. Yeah. But that's why we will encourage silicone-based lube to bring in the shower mm-hmm. because it works well in the shower. Yes. Because putting wetness in the place where a vagina is doing her thing. Yeah. It just doesn't really work. No. Now, now getting eaten out Mm. in a, on the ledge of a pool. Yes. First sounds potentially uncomfortably nipply. That's true. Gold. Also Um, chlorine. Also chlorine. Anyway, there's just, (laughs) it was hot and I would definitely, I was going to say rub one out. (laughs) Oh, I did. So broy. For sure. <laughs> so it was definitely just, you know, break one off, rub, run out, whatever. Um, to that scene, and especially if I was reading it, but in actuality, if a if a guy was just like trying to, you know, if Jordan was like, ooh, let's fuck, but he knew. He was like, this doesn't work this way. No. We actually had sex in the shower yesterday, and he was like, oh, you want to try again? <laughs> <laughs> like somebody, and like someone hasn't learned her lesson. Yeah, no. But I had the waterproof vibrator. Yes. So that helps. I think. was masturbating watching the show with, so I live in an apartment complex and my apartment faces the, this like inner, um, what's that courtyard. Right. And with so my pool. windows, you can kind of see in my apartment. We can't really tell. Cause obviously I can't see myself. It just gives my the illusion that people can see in, but they yes. really can't No, there's privacy. So I'm watching the show with my shades open, masturbating on my couch with this like fantasy <laughs> that somebody could see me and they're going to like run into me in the hallway and be like, want to fuck? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and <you're> like, yeah. <laughs> so that's where my mind went. Uh, so I'm A sure mess. there are people everywhere that are now having more fantasies after yeah, the show, which is absolutely awesome. Yeah. And hopefully they're talking about them. If it takes talking about them with their girlfriends or p- friends or people in their lives before it's their intimate partner or something like that, then amazing. As long as it's on the, it's going down a path to communicating this to a partner. I that way you can want. decide if you want to bring that into reality or not. And also some fantasies are better for the wank bank mm-hmm. because when you try them in real life and they don't go as plans, then it's all, it kind of sours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The experience to even masturbate to it. Yeah. So anyway, I bring up the fact that they're going back in time and they're going through these, you know, experiences and, uh, she's writing about it while mm-hmm. she's saying it out loud, narrating the past and we're watching the past. Hopefully this makes sense. Uh, and then you see, her writing this in her, her computer, uh, computer journal. journal, right? Which that's a little strange. <laughs> Not that strange. I bet people do that, but yeah. to just like leave it on your computer open like that, it was kind of, I don't want to say asking for it. It was because it's not. You want to have privacy. Totally. So this leads me to the conversation of the fact that Cooper, her husband, right. reads it. Right. Reads it. Well, it is an interesting point that you say that she's 
sort of asking for it because at times it was right. Well, there are, I have done things in the past where, um, I wanted subconsciously, I wouldn't say it was conscious, right? Subconsciously wanted to be caught because I have cheated in past relationships and the subconscious part of me just wanted to be desired. I wanted them to notice me. I wanted to be seen. Right. So this is manipulation on one front. Yes. And it's breach of trust on the other side. Two wrongs don't make a right. Nope. And after he read this, he was like, who the fuck are you? Mm -hmm. And while some people might see this like almost form of aggression in a sense as hot, like, oh, look, he's coming forward. It was predat- not necessarily predatory. It was aggressive in a not cool way. Right. And he the energy processing his emotions. Right. He was taking this anger out during sex through borderline violence. It had that kind of violence. I'm going to take this out on you energy. I felt uncomfortable. I felt very uncomfortable. Then he, you know, flips her over and he's like, is this what you want? And I'm like, Oh, and she winds up saying yes, because in theory it is, but that like, I'm just going to, I'm going to show you who owns you kind of vibe at two. And like, is this what you want? I don't even fucking know you. And then to just like, disengage from her. Mm. It makes me really sad because I've had sex like that. I've had sex where, um, it checks the boxes of what I think I want, but energetically something feels very wrong. And even though I was a verbal, yes, my body was a no to it. And I've had that experience before and how it's deeply at times traumatic. traumatic. Yes. And so that part actually, yeah, brought a lot of sadness watching it. Yeah. It was very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like I remember, I think I was holding my breath even. And like even thinking about it now, I'm kind of doing it. And it's, it's interesting because it was technically consensual sex between a husband and wife. Right. And look at how many layers there were to that. It felt energetically, uh, non-consensual anyways. And also a man using his emotions to process them through sex. Right. And And to penetrate her with that instead of desire and mm -hmm, love. mm -hmm. And I understand angry sex. I totally understand makeup sex. I understand if there's an an aggressive edge to sex, Mm -hmm. but fucking someone with your emotion, like with your anger, with resentment, with resentment, that's different. That fucking lasts. Mm -hmm. Like it registers in that to go woo a little bit, but that chakra, it registers there as even on some level, I know that the word trauma gets thrown around, Mm -hmm. but there's big, there's big T trauma and there's little T trauma. Mm -hmm. And maybe in those moments, there's this kind of micro thing that happens and then it winds up altering behavior Yeah, and it winds up altering a nervous system's response that point moving forward. And it may not seem like a big deal in that moment, but the body's keeping record of all of this shit. Keeping a score. Yeah. And she's literally open and receiving that energy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've been there and I imagine other women have been there as well. Um, and so when we talk about healing through sex, that's not the type that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not to say that, you know, because, because we talk pretty frequently about BDSM. Mm-hmm. And a DS dynamic and the difference between being domineering and being a dominant energy and having that dominant role. And then also the difference between being a dominant and acting out of aggression. 
and having that borderline violent kind of edge to it. Mm-hmm. And these are all very different things. And I love just the work that we do in educating because these things do not mean the same thing. They are very opposite, but they look on the outside like they could be similar, but they're far from each other. Yeah. And you named, I think, the most important point. And then I imagine we can transition here, but it's that the trauma itself, it's not the actual event, it's how it registers in your body. Yes. And so, as a woman or anyone, but just feeling connected to what is happening internally. And if it feels wrong, that is where things go sideways. Mm-hmm. Not if it checks the boxes and it's on paper, it's the thing that you want. It's how does it actually feel in your system? Yeah. Is it a, oh yeah, fuck me like that. Or is it a, oh no, this doesn't feel good. Yeah. And then trust that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Which is hard for a lot of people, especially if they're not really fast. in, and they're not in touch with necessarily their body and also their desires and to know, is this the thing that I actually want? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sex moves energy so quickly. And, and so I do want to name and preface that it is okay if you didn't know how to navigate that in the moment. I certainly know that I haven't. And there've been many times in which afterwards I've had to go, Oh, that wasn't the thing that I wanted. Yeah. So that's why also doing this work deeply and communicating on the front end is so important as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I have absolutely been in situations where I have we've spoken about this on another podcast, um, the one with Kimmy Inch, where we were having the conversation about when are you enduring something Mm -hmm. for the other person Mm -hmm. or for the situation or something like that. And I'm, I am being so present with, am I enduring? Cause there are times when I think like the shower sex that I had yesterday, there was a part of the shower sex where it was more for me. Mm -hmm. We were in a position that I enjoy. We were, we were doing something in a way that I enjoy it. And then it was time for him to get his. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't the most comfortable, but I liked it yeah, fine. Yeah. And I question, even in those little moments, am I enduring? Because sometimes I'll go, yes, and that's okay. I'm an right. enthusiastic. I'm doing this. I'm holding this position and I'm doing the best that I can because I want my partner to feel yeah. really fucking good. And then there's a difference. There's a major difference between that and... I'm partly dissociating. I was going to say you're, yes. If you have a partner that is in tune, even a little, they can feel the shift. Yes. Yeah. When you're an enthusiastic, willing to do this versus a, I'm checking out and because I know this is the thing I need to do. And it, yeah. If you're not familiar with that, this whole dissociation thing, it almost feels like you're not in your body. It's like, you're almost hovering just outside. You're kind of spacing out maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Checking out a little bit. And there are times when, you know, I've even looked at Jordan and I, it's not that he's dissociating, but he might be more in his head than he is in his body and in his heart and his, his dick, you know, it's the, he's somewhere else. And I'll like put my hands on his face and I'll just look deeply into his eyes and kind of call him back. Mm. And, and I think that might be because there are times when the sensation might be too much or the pleasure might be too much. And he's potentially trying to come back down from the edge of almost ejaculating. And so I, you know, how can I stay with him while he does that and not have to have him check out necessarily or go somewhere else or think about something else yeah. so that he can stay with. There's just so sex is like we were saying, there's so <sighs> many layers. It's so multifaceted and it's yeah. so much bigger than just getting off. Totally. It's funny as you were talking about what you do with Jordan, I was thinking about the show and there's a scene, a couple of scenes where Billy and Brad 
start to, they're like falling more deeply in love and their sex starts to shift and there's more of a tantric energy. Mm -hmm. And there's a moment where they're having sex and he's deeply gazing into her eyes and he's in this specific position and he's telling her he loves her. And it's so funny how as an individual, I'm craving the like, throw me into the staircase and fuck me over this railing. After and I fall down six flights of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> that, and then equally craving the slow eye gaze, telling me, love me while you fuck me on tip, top. Tip, like, tip of the dick mm, kind of smushed against the cervix, just tiny mm, little micro movements, yeah. nice big deep breaths, long gaze into each other's eyes. Like that is some earthquake shit that's where some deep healing occurs. Yeah, absolutely. Oof. Absolutely. And that's those moments where you get the thing that, that maybe you were going for at a different time mm-hmm. where you get to essentially heal that. Ooh, it makes me want to cry. Yeah. It's like the same thing, but you are controlling the situation in a way that your body actually really does want and is a yes to, and that is deeply healing. There's so much healing that can happen in sex. Oh, it's getting you. Mm -hmm. I got the watery eyes. Yeah. Just thinking about the range, the the Mm -hmm. desiring the range and being able to call that in with a partner and knowing that you can have both Yeah, and how exciting that is, right? Like Mm -hmm. I hope if anything, that as you listen to this show, you know that it is possible to have both. It really is. Yes, it really is. And it is, maybe it will come somewhat naturally and organically for some people. I'll just go ahead and share my relationship with Jordan. It has taken work. Yes. So this is my life's work. And this is, I feel so much purpose and I'm constantly re-inspired by what I do. And the company that we run is only growing and getting bigger and only, um, able to help even more people in this realm. And the reason why I do this work is because it is so fucking personal to me and I'm not going to just roll over and live a life that, you know, stereotypes and society and religion of the past and all this shit, my location, you know, where I grew up and all of that just told me I was supposed to live. I'm going to do it differently. And that Mm -hmm. does not come without work. Yeah. Because I don't just get to snap my fingers and repattern all of the generations before me have handed down to me. Yeah. Right. So, you know, for Jordan, I've had the bad boy relationships and I have had my emotions on a roller coaster up and down and just like wet with anticipation all the time because I didn't fucking know it was going to come. Mm. And I've had those. And Then I wind up in a relationship with someone who is everything I could ever want in a relationship, a person who is doing the work, who is kind, who is considerate, who um, has started his journey on personal growth and development as as a leader of men and is all of these things. And I was telling you before we, we press go, Jordan and I's second day together after he, you know, traveled from California and flew to New Orleans to meet me, we... (laughs) <laughs> took a little MDMA and we're at, and which was risky, but we did it anyway, because, you know, you never know what kind of person might come through in that. And <laughs> yeah. then, oh God, we're attached. <laughs> Stage five clinger. We've imprinted on each other. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, is it really love or was it the Molly? But, <laughs> but we knew the going in, question. <laughs> we, we both felt really secure yes. in our individuality and yeah. in our individual, you know, people. Yeah. And we did that. I remember him just being such this bright light and he's dancing on the dance floor of this 
uh, bar in New Orleans. And I look at him and I'm like, I love all of this light that you have, but I'm really interested in your dark. Mm -hmm. And I believe at one stage, I even said, I want to fuck your dark. And we Um, were just talking about, you know, the men who seem to have access to their killer, to their hunter, to their provider, but in a different way. Yes. And there, and it's like a, I, I love you and I'm kind and I'm considered and I will fucking kill for you. Yep. And there's just like this beautiful balance in that. And I know it can sound kind of morbid and whatever, but it's an instinct. It's, you know, we are humans of the yeah. 21st century, but there's so many components to who we are that are cave people. Well, I, I think about the, the year and a half that we just came out of yeah. where shit got crazy at times. And there was talk in Texas about, you know, if shit goes sideways and we have to go off the grid and where are we going to go? And there is absolutely, I imagine people are nodding their heads in agreement. A part of us that wants to know that our partner could fuck shit up to keep us safe. And so I want to normalize lots of things in this conversation today. I want to normalize that it takes work inside of your relationship to have the range. And I want to normalize that it's okay to desire a partner that can keep you safe and has access to danger. And it's okay to want both of those things. And are you willing to do the work that is going to allow you to have both of them right? as the individual and as the partner that wants those things? Because right. it's real easy to, and this is where I left my marriage, it's real easy to bypass all of this onto and pass the responsibility onto your partner. But who do you have to be in order to evoke those things in yourself and in your partner? Mm-hmm. It's all about taking personal responsibility. Absolutely. So, Instead of just looking at the partner and going, why can't you be better? Shut the fuck up and yeah. take some personal goddamn responsibility. Yes. And, how I feel about that. Yes. 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 And knowing we, I think hit a little bit of this before too, um, this shit doesn't leave in the next relationship. So yeah. if you leave your relationship because the person that you're with isn't giving you those hot, passionate, dangerous sex, and you go to the next one and you have that new relationship energy in the beginning and it's all hot. And all of a sudden, six months in, you're wondering why it's not hot and heavy anymore. And maybe even wanting to go back to the previous relationship right. where things were mm-hmm. you know, at a different stage and yeah. maybe even a little bit better. It takes taking a real deep look at what are my desires? Have I communicated them? Am I willing to ask for what I want? Are we willing to go through the crunchiness? Right. And we see this a little bit with, um, Billy and Cooper that it gets crunchy for a while and they're in some like real tense conversations. They don't like each other for a while. Um, it gets really sad and heavy and also normalizing that, that it's not always going to be an easy time when right. you start asking for these things. And I mean, that's why it's called the breakdown before the breakthrough. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it gets the crunchiest and the stickiest before there's that light at the the end of the tunnel before you wind up in another tunnel, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I'll just share last little piece on maybe Jordan and I's relationship and then we can <laughs> fully shift. <laughs> um, Jordan and I getting together when he asked me to be exclusive and to be his girlfriend and to date, uh, I said, I just want to let you know some things. I question monogamy and I I'm questioning these certain concepts and I'm not sure where, where is a best fit for me. So as long as you were okay with that also at that current time, I was 
dealing with the heartbreak of another relationship ending. And so I said, if you're okay with me going through this process, and I was very upfront with that. It's powerful. And, and, and that was great. So we went through that piece and then, um, and I said, I'm on a sexual development journey that is in conjunction with slash intertwined with my personal development journey. And it's a requirement. You have to be on that as well Mm -hmm. for yourself, Mm -hmm. for yourself and not just because I say it and want it. And I think at first it was like, yeah, of course, like you're questioning monogamy. I get to have threesomes. We get to have open sex. And it was this cool idea yep. until he was really confronted with what this actually means, right. what it takes. And it took m- more than a year before this became true for him and him and for him to really show up for it in an authentic way. And so Jordan and I play in these kind of, well, they are, I was going to say kind of, but they are DS dynamics now. And we're playing in a sense, these different roles and with different toys and we're setting up different scenes and experiences, but it has taken multiple years for him to be able to hold the energy, reading the books, having the conversations, listening to the podcast, a Dom slash a person who can provide this kind of experience is not born overnight. It's not born with one conversation where you say, I would like this from you. It has taken me countless times showing up in a place of, I'm not going to criticize you. I'm going to love you. And while I want something different and other and better, even at times or just different at times from you, I'm not going to get that thing from you that I ultimately desire. If I am constantly in criticism at you. Mm -hmm. And so it has taken me to get over my shit to show up in a place of love and to say, I'm cheering you on. So this is a multiple year situation that is that is playing out for the best. It is better than I could have ever imagined it because I have continuously, now I'm getting teary because like I'm continuously showing up for it and it takes effort. And I don't ever want like our, me sharing our life. Oh yeah, it must be great for her. Fuck that. That's not what's happening. It is real shit. And just when I think I've broken through to the other side of some stuff that I've had, I've been baggage or things that I've been holding on. I realize, whoa, there's another layer here. And I get to approach the healing process from a lens of my eroticism and my identity and my expression in a beautiful and unique way. And it's a constant journey. Mm. So thank you. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Mm -hmm. So for those of you that have had one conversation with your partner and are pissed that it hasn't clicked (laughs) yet, (laughs) this is why. So thank you for sharing that and for letting us peek behind the curtains. Yeah. This is that real shit. Yeah. Well, you're letting us peek behind your curtains too. <laughs> Sounds sexual. Yeah. Cause it is. <laughs> and like, I just, this is access to me and to so many to the more. So when people say I want more, like what Alexa just shared is your access point to the more it's being willing to soften. Oh, this question came in yoga this morning, hitting us with that deep shit at 7.15 AM. She asked, and she was talking about the physical body. And I, I know she meant more. She said, where can you soften? and Where can you deepen? And I think what you just described really shares that beautifully in your own relationship. Where can softening and deepening, looking underneath the hood and not just taking something at face value and getting upset that it's not working, allow you to have access to the thing that you really want. So maybe you watched the show and you thought this is some bullshit and it's corny and it's cheesy, but there's a part of you that really wants 
more of that desire, more of that edge, more of the um, eroticism in your own relationship. And my question to you would be, where can you soften and where can you deepen to take a look at what's inside of you that wants that? And then give yourself permission to start having the challenging conversations with yourself first and your partner second so that you can have those things. So, yeah. Yeah. And I can't remember in the show, she goes to a therapist friend because she's a, I think a psychologist, she's in her master's program and then leaves that to, to go do the wife, mother thing and all of that. Um, but I'll also share from my perspective, and this will be the transition here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what has really helped is doing programs, hiring coaches, seeing a therapist and having really great, supportive, sex, positive friends. And even even if I get to help them be the sex positive mm-hmm. versions of themselves. Yeah. And so that that loops us back around to Billy. Yeah, because. And Do you remember how we were ta- having a podcast about a show? Oh yeah. <laughs> we went on a journey y'all. We went we, on a journey. Yeah. So it leads us back to Billy and Sasha. Yeah. Who is her friend in the show. And she is a dynamic woman who is down for sex. And I just, I love the way that she speaks and the way mm. that she shows up and she gets hers and she's mostly supportive of Billy and is also like, you know, you chose this life and you know, she's, she stayed with the path that she was staying, which was going for her master's and then going, I don't know if it was her doctor, but going for her master's and then writing the book and then all this stuff. So, um, there's one point in particular where, Billy is in a tailspin about Brad and why she can't stop thinking about him. And she gets on a train. She leaves her son and the, she leaves the babies. She gets on a train and she goes into the city and she just rushes up, you know, unannounced, didn't text or anything <laughs> and knocks on the door of her friend, of her best friend and opens the door and comes in and Brad is in Sasha's apartment. The fuck Brad. What the fuck Sasha Mm -hmm. and Brad. Mm -hmm. But the response wasn't, it it was very, um, heartbreaking in a sense, Mm -hmm. but it didn't ruin any of the relationships. No. Which is something that I would like to talk about. Yes. You know, you and I, I mean, we've known each other for three years, two years, Mm -hmm. something like something like that. Yeah. Two, three years. A lifetime. Something like that. Long enough for you to be a bridesmaid in my wedding. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So before we get started with our day, we speak very intimately about what's going on Mm -hmm. in our lives. And, and we talk, yeah, you'll talk about how this, you blocked your family or you Mm -hmm. did this or you that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Can I say that? Oh yeah. (laughs) They they know they're blocked. We've had conversations, (laughs) you know, on social media because of what you share and how you're expressing yourself and all that. And Mm -hmm. I'll share pieces and parts about my family and the challenges that I'm having with, you know, someone that I grew up with or something like that. And Mm -hmm. Then we'll also talk about the sex. sex. And sometimes we'll have a conversation and we'll enjoy it so much that we'll then have the conversation a second time for your recorded. entertainment. <laughs> for your entertainment. Those of you who are listening. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? So yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the importance of having f- friendships that are just as evolved as your romantic relationships yeah. in a sense. Cause that takes just in my mind 
same amount of work. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of fascinating that Billy has this relationship with Sasha and they're able to clear the air and they're able to stay connected, but she doesn't have it with Cooper. Yeah. So I love that we're talking about this because that's something you've taught me and that you say over and over that the quality of your um, sex life also impacts the quality of your friendships and vice versa. And one of the things that I know without a doubt has created more joy and expansion in my life is having sex positive friends, friends that I can speak to about all of my adventures, my desires, my fears, and specifically sexually, and they're able to support me and hold me in it. And the part of the show that I think is so relevant that actually something recently in my life has um, reminded me of is how you said that they were able to share a partner, Billy and Sasha actually share multiple partners. Mm -hmm. They did a swap early on and with some like less important characters. And then this uh, situation with Brad, if you are the, if you are listening and you're the less important characters that she just mentioned, that doesn't mean we don't love you. Yeah. You were hot as fuck too. (laughs) (laughs) Hit me up. I don't get a damn DM request after that. Um, So (laughs) less important. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. You still have intrinsic value in your humanity. You matter. Okay. Um, The fact that, like you said, it didn't ruin their friendship. In fact, I would argue it ends up bringing them closer together. And after they work through everything Um, recently, there was somebody that reached out to me who was a ex or previous partner to one of my best friends clearly expressing sexual interest. And the, I think societal programming has taught us you, you play girl code and you would absolutely never entertain having sex with a friend's ex-boyfriend. That is just absolutely not. You would never even look at it. And of course that meant first and foremost, I did check in with myself. I checked in with my girlfriend first and foremost, and then we had a conversation about it. And the conversation was a healthy, open, loving conversation that ended in. And if you, Bryn, want to have sex with this person, I fully support that because I no longer have interest in this person. And I think you two could be a great fit together. And she left it up to me. And to me, this person wasn't worth it because I really sat with, if that is fully true for her, great. And feelings and emotions can become involved that we can't always anticipate. And I ultimately decided it wasn't worth it to me, but the fact that we had the conversation and we were allowed to even go there was powerful because I would say not that long ago, a version of me wouldn't have been able to have those conversations or have friendships that even allowed those things to be entertained. So I thought that was really powerful. Yeah. I mean, what are the opportunities that you can close loops and set yourself free? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and unplug someone's energetic, you know, like you are, you are a socket and people are plugged into you in Mm -hmm. some way. So how do you go? I'm going to unplug you from my energy and from my field and let you go. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that that's, you know, you get, you can get into these loops and these patterns with people and situations and things not feeling resolved. And what are all those, you know, that, that is definitely something that I'm working on is where can I identify that and quickly resolve it? Because that moment of discomfort or that 20 minute conversation, hour long conversation of discomfort, some discomfort that could be quite intense at certain times, but then eventually, wow, 
I'm relieved and I'm released and I'm okay. And that person's okay. And I'm fucking proud of myself. Mm. So how can I choose that intense discomfort, those moments in a trade for my freedom and space? Because the alternative is I don't opt for that. And it's weird. And it's this low level discomfort for an indefinite length of time. Yeah. And then you're the one having to constantly clean up your own mess internally. Yeah. So that's big. Yeah. So I love this. Now I have, I have had friends in the past where it's been lighthearted, like how it is with Billy and Sasha and like, well, you fucked him too. What'd you Mm -hmm. think? (laughs) You know, (laughs) the phrase Eskimo sisters or Eskimo brothers. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It sounds, I don't know if that's allowed. I don't know. Probably something now (laughs) that I just offended a lot of Eskimos. I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> no, my throat is like a little weird and I'm drinking water that has powders in it. And so my laugh is coming out in a very weird way. It doesn't sound weird. It sounds weird to me. No. Anyway, um, moving right along. Yep. This leads me to the opposite of those safe, open, positive mm. people who can manage their own shit and, and know at the times when they're potentially projecting Like for me, if I have a way, if I have something to say to you about your decisions, I will more like more than likely say, I don't know if this is true or if this is a straight up projection, Mm -hmm. meaning is this my shit that I am imposing, superimposing onto you and trying to make your truth and I'm trying to make my internal experience your experience and the truth of what you are going through. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I will preface and say, this may be a projection, but I think that there might be some truth in here. Mm-hmm. Meaning, I'm going to say a bunch of shit. I don't want you to take offense to all of it. Mm-hmm. You just know, maybe some of it. it. Yeah. <laughs> but just like see if there's a nugget that you can take because I'm feeling something and I don't want it to. Is this you know, true for you? Yeah. Is this true for you? Yes. And uh, the opposite of that is people who won't. They'll just listen to you and potentially judge you or try to convince you otherwise Mm -hmm. for what your decisions are, what you like. And that uh, brings me to the judgmental housewives. Bunch of bitches. Right? That that are not dealing with their own shit and their own relationships Mm -hmm. and creating superficial. Now, I'm not saying that all of your relationships in your life and your friendships need to be these really super deep things. No. But call the relationships in your life for what they are. Don't try to make the ones that only have the capabilities of being a superficial thing. I would say save your time, your energy and all of that. And don't necessarily try to go there. Be okay with them. Discernment. Yeah. Be okay with them being the roles that they are. And then the ones that you do have the potential to really go deep, it will pay back your time investment and really going deep with those friendships will pay back in unquantifiable dividends. Fuck yes. I was having this conversation with a client the other day as she's becoming a more open and more sexually positive and expressed woman. She is gaining more attention. And some of the attention she's gaining is unwarranted. And what I mean by that is she's becoming so comfortable in her expression that she's sharing with people that she hasn't shared with in the past. And one of the people she shared with wasn't able to hold the information she was sharing with them. And so I expressed to her, this is where discernment comes into play. That is not to say that you should ever dull your own light or dim who you are as an individual. And if you know someone isn't at the emotional capacity or maturity to hold 
either like your sexual desires or whatever it is that you're able to express, it's okay to withhold information. And when I say withhold, I'm not talking about lying by omission. I'm saying you don't have to be an open book to every person. Right. And so, yes, you will have some friends that you can go deep with and you can have these incredible conversations with. And there are some that just may not be able to meet you there. And that is okay. Yeah. And the discernment piece is really the the most important. Yeah. You said meet you there, which is very important. When I, when we moved to Austin, I was looking for friends, which I didn't have this language at the time, but I, I now know that this is what I, I was looking for based off of what some of my now best friends have said they were looking for. It was a person to meet me, mm-hmm. not, not someone that like, a peer of sorts, like mm-hmm. someone to meet me on, they're on a similar path and a similar place on the path. So they can hold me just like I can hold them. Yes. So, and, and be able to like, oh, you are a match essentially. Mm-hmm. And we're growing together. Yeah. I have girlfriends from previous lifetimes. When I say previous lifetimes, just my before Austin life where I was married and, and we just, we have different conversations. I don't go into the threesome I'd had on a Monday and not because um, I don't want to, it's just because I know that they're not at a place where that is something that they can hold. Yeah. A conversation with me about that or a conversation with another one of your friends here in Austin that, you know, that you've made over the last several years. It just is a different, it's met with a different energy and yes. a different excitement yes. and a different tell me. And yes. yeah, because, and that's where the projection thing comes up where that person could be hearing their, your story and be so caught up in their emotions and their physiological mm-hmm. response and emotional response to the story that you're telling that they potentially have a traumatic response. Yeah. Or they potentially, that's where the word triggered comes in. Right. They might dissociate or they might immediately yes. go into judgment and it's not judgment right. necessarily of you. It's no. judgment for themselves that's being projected onto you. Yes. I remember I said the word cock worship in a conversation and this person couldn't stop giggling. And I remember thinking like, okay, note to self, I can't have these conversations with this person because they just can't hold this information. And so therefore it's almost out of integrity for me now that I know this information to continue to try to push this level of conversation on them. Absolutely. And also this is, this goes to show too, it illustrates that you don't have to know someone your whole life or for an extended period of time in order to go deep with them. So like these people that you're talking about, and I have this from back home from me too, like people I was in high school with that I considered really good friends. There's no way, there's no way that I could have even a portion of the conversations that I have with you even, Mm -hmm. or some people that I might meet at a party here in Austin where we just like click, like eyes meet, like, whoa, your frequency, your energy, it matches here. Drop in. Right. And it's just like an instant, wow, we just went really deep, really fast. I lost all sense of time and space. You are now my new best friend. My favorite. Right. Yeah. And I had that very, very recently Mm -hmm. where I had an an experience. We were at the the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. We had very different 4th of July. Very different 4th of (laughs) July's. Mine was spent outside party vibes, like outside kind of deal, barbecue and all of that. And I uh, was miserable. I was hot. I hated it all. And then I just said to myself, go find the best part of your day. Go find joy. Yeah. Like what if after this day, are you just going to like be like, I hated everything about that? Or are you going to go find the best part of this day? And so I walked in and I went inside where the AC was and I immediately felt less prissy, (laughs) you know, and 
started a conversation with someone, which I normally am not all that open to new connections and new conversations because the energy that it requires, especially in that kind of busy environment from me to connect with another person and to go like, I can't handle the surface level stuff. It, it literally feels like it drains me in a second. Yes, it does. And like Jordan can small talk his life away. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yeah. But I meet, I met this person and it was just like, wow. Just within like the first few sentences, I was like, I choose you. We Mm -hmm. choose each other. Let's Mm -hmm. have a conversation. And then those kinds of conversations feel more invigorating and enlivening. And so now I know I can go to these places with this person and they'll meet me there. Mm -hmm. And we can have really deep intellectual on our level, intellectual um, kind of conversations. So not like the bitchy housewives from sex life. Looping it back around. Looping it back around. Yeah. And I think the only other piece I'll name from that is because who hasn't at some point had judgment, right? Against another person. And the best piece of advice or um, just awareness around judgment is every fucking time I've had judgment, especially judgment around sexually open and expressed women, it is because I desired something that they had that I at the time was not giving myself permission to have as well. And the second I was able to start giving myself permission, that judgment disappeared hated. And I started to become friends with the women that I was previously judging. Yes. And so if there is a part of you that's judging, it's okay. I'm not here. And we are not here to make you wrong for that judgment. The judgment is teaching you something. So how can you look at the judgment and ask yourself, what is this trying to show me? Yeah. I'll also say, um, last piece on this, some people, friends, people that, you know, and even previous partners people that you interact with on all levels. Some people are just fucking shitty. That's also true. I'm just going to say that like some people are not worth the internal process or trying or figuring it out or how am I projecting on you? No, you're just the fucking shitty person right now and I'm done with you. So I, it, it would be, what is the word I'm looking for? I would be a miss. Done. Remiss. I would be remiss <laughs> if you tried I... a couple different iterations. <laughs> remiss, bummiss, pumis. I try. You know, Bryn talks to me about my words, large vocabulary. I think I mostly say them right. You do the words that I know, and I also wouldn't know if you weren't. So great. I would be remiss <laughs> if I didn't mention that some people are just not fucking worth this shit. Like absolutely, the people who are legitimately in relationships with that is textbook narcissist. Which I don't mm. use that term very much because I think we have a lot of. Thrown people around. who are real attached to being a victim and there's some really shitty people that do shitty fucking things um so everything so just sharing that too some people are not worth processing the projection and all that like you just are cool to just be like i take a pass on you let them go yeah L- love and light yeah yeah <laughs> peace <laughs> goodbye forever See you fucking never yes all right so last couple of things and we can deliver this train home Choo-choo. We can't not talk about that terrible sex party. Scene. I so the level of discomfort that I felt in watching that sex scene that we talked about at the beginning that brought up all sorts of feels. I actually don't know which was worse, that or the sex party. I was holding my breath. I was uncomfortable. I felt predatory vibes. And I would have felt all of that had I never been to a sex party. It just had so many levels of creepiness Creepiness. to it. Yes. The fucking worst being 
the gazing. I couldn't get over the like surrounding and the watching and not in a way that felt erotic or sexy, but like, (laughs) I don't even know. It was so bad. It It was so bad. So (sighs) Billy and Cooper are in a moment where the breakdown has happened and we're trying to get on the other side where the breakthrough is available. They're trying new things. They're trying new things. And somebody that Cooper works with, they is another couple. And the, the chick that he's married to has a kid that's the same age as their older son and whatever. And so they say, okay, well, it doesn't have to get stale. Let me show you what it can be. And they don't tell them. And they don't tell them. Mistake a number lot, one. A lot of miscommunication. Yeah. Just lack, total lack of communication. And they bring them to a sex party. And can you imagine going to a sex party and not knowing that that's what you were invited to? I could consensually think about that. Like I could tell a friend that might bring me there. And uh, like, if I have a relationship with that person, sure, you know, and I, and I walk up and I'm like, Oh my God, this is what I think it is. But you it's know? not Susie from the PTA. That's no, like, no, no, that was muffins with <laughs> that was not consensual no. in a sense, you know? No. Uh, so they bring them to this party and they walk in and there's a bunch of mostly naked people and there's people fucking on the couch and there's, there's just people fucking on a swing and there's just like stuff happening everywhere. And it is, what I believe is being portrayed and it's really unfortunate and it's, yeah, it's really unfortunate is that this is a lifestyle party, which lifestyle is swingers, but the term isn't really used very much anymore. Sometimes it's described as SLS swinger lifestyle. And now it's just shortened. Mostly what you'll hear is lifestyle or LS. Mm -hmm. So it's being portrayed as if it is one of these lifestyle kind of parties where it's a bunch of people who are just down to fuck trading partners. Yeah. Just like everything's about how much, you know, drinking or Coke or, you know, Molly or whatever. And it's just like, everybody gets around and just like starts fucking each other. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what you're signing up for and that's what you want. And people, if you're just in a big pile of people who are DTF and you just get, get off, mm-hmm. go ahead and get off. Yep. And, you know, there's just different levels of communication that are required and negotiation. But what I've seen over time, because I've worked with a number of people who are in the lifestyle, who, who identify and are a part of that community that simply want more from their experience. And you know that I've had multiple clients that, that fall under this bucket, but they, it's really novel and exciting at first because we're sharing partners and it's no big deal. And then eventually like some feelings start start getting shared and you realize that some people are just simply not talking about things. Mm -hmm. There's couples that will go to parties and their marriage is really falling apart, but they're continuously throwing themselves into these situations that are traumatizing. I was going to say. And so, yeah, yeah, I've worked with a number of people that have come to me and and they say, I want more from my lifestyle experiences. And basically they want connection. Mm -hmm. So it's not, I want to connect so much with another person or another couple that we want to trade part, you know, you know, indefinitely Mm -hmm. trade partners, Mm -hmm. or I want to steal your man or Mm -hmm. steal your girl or anything like that. They just want more depth to the communication and the experience instead of just surface level sex. Because I feel like what a lot of people experience before they go into the lifestyle is that their sex life is kind of boring Mm -hmm. and stale. And so they do this to shake things up. And then that becomes a new norm. 
And then that's not exciting anymore. It's the same shit. Every party they go to doing a little bit more every time to get the same feeling. Yeah. So that's, that's just my, my little back story, I would say of, of lifestyle in general, Mm -hmm. the scene specifically, I think you've got a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I mean, a couple things come up for me. So the way, again, I mean, we're way past the point of spoiler alerts. If you've gotten this far and you haven't seen this episode, more spoiler alerts, but, um, Billy and Cooper go to the party and there's no, well, a, they didn't know what to talk about first because they didn't know this was a sex party. Right. So then they get to the sex party and there's really no conversation happening again. It's shocker. People are being quiet, having sex. Yeah. The most conversation is, do you want a jello shot? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they, they're, comes a time where Billy and Cooper start to become intimate and they're making out. And I think he takes her dress off and you can see she is physically very uncomfortable. She starts shutting down and she starts to question and he's continuing because he, again, he thinks it's what she wants. But if you were paying attention at all, her body is giving you every cue and I'm not placing responsibility on either of them. It is their own individual responsibilities to know this. Um, and, and they're both continuing. And so at one point, I forget how it ends up shifting. Um, but he's approached by the woman who actually invited him to the party. And, and she turns and looks at Billy and says, trust me. <laughs> Gets down on her knees and then proceeds to suck, suck his cock. Mm-hmm. And Billy's watching and is mortified. I mean, she starts crying, I believe. And then the people start coming around to watch this happen. And Cooper's basically looking her in the face Uh while he comes. And he says at one point, he says like, do it or like, go for it. Do it. Yeah. Something like that. Like, I'm going to fucking show you. This is now... This is just something else. Yeah. It's his own internal shit. It's turned into something else. Not this fun, hot thing to do with my wife. Now this is like to spite you. Getting back at you. I hate when people use sex for this shit, but it's also so super common for people to use sex for these different things. Absolutely. I mean, I was witnessing myself the other day post something. I watched this all in real time. So you can be real self-aware and still do fucked up stuff. So I'm watching myself post something that I know was hoping to make someone jealous whose attention I wanted. And I know that that is not the mature, evolved, higher self thing to do. And I was watching, witnessing, like, look at you with this shit that is still inside of you that has told you that if you do this thing, it's going to catch his attention and therefore he'll want you more. And in reality, it's probably doing the opposite, right? Sometimes I'll post it and I'll let it live for 15 minutes and then I take it down. And then I take it down. Yeah. Exactly. I, I mean, I, I do sometimes. Yeah. We're human. I think yeah. that's what I was trying to get at is that yes. we're human yes. and we all still have these things inside of us that have us make interesting decisions. And I would say that the decisions are all trying to scratch the same itch, which is to be loved and desired. And I think when we can see the humanness in that, like Cooper really wants to be with his wife and she, I think really wants to be with her husband or at least to feel loved. Right. And yet here they are still living, acting out this like toxic, I would say behavior in which they're not communicating and they're doing things to hurt one another. And it was sad. It was painful to watch. Um, and not at all the way that I would desire for a sexual experience to happen at a party. No, absolutely not. And then 
after that happens, she gets emotional and goes to leave, like goes towards, makes a motion towards the door. And then she gets stopped by the husband Mm -hmm. of the woman who just sucked. Gave the blowjob. Gave the blowjob. Yeah. And it's almost like because his wife just put Cooper's dick in her mouth, he now has this energy of now I get to take from you owe you, me something, you owe me something Ooh, I just towards shivers. Billy mm-hmm. and walks up to her and like kind of puts his hand on his arm and is like, I can show you all the things that Cooper can or something like that. And then, and then Cooper comes up and fucking punches him. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? We are 12, 12, yeah, 12 yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like what the fuck is this whole situation? <sighs> You know, and so then he, yeah, then they go, they make their way home and then it's just in scene for the, for the sex party. Now, if you want to hear a little bit more about how a sex party really can unfold and really can go, then we've mentioned it a little while, like, I don't know, 20 minutes ago, <laughs> thirty minutes ago, 74 hours ago, I talked about the episode with Kimmy Inch and our, uh, so the sex and love co team along with Kimmy Inch. And I don't know if it's episode 44 or 45, but you can go back and listen to that. And we talk about a set of workshops and negotiations and things that happened that led up to a sex party. I also have an episode with um, an incredible person named Lila. So if you look, it's such a good episode. It's like a two hour episode about how to do sex parties Right. Well, really well with a really lot well. of consent, a lot of communication and a lot of fucking pleasure and, and just sexiness and hotness. Mm. And just because you talk about it doesn't mean it's going to take a vacuum to the sexiness. Not at all. Straight up. Yep. So that is there when they leave just so happens Brad's like waiting outside to try and woo Billy and Billy's just had this like miserable time. And she's only been reinforced that nothing she wants is actually possible with Cooper. Is that what he proposes to her? I think so. Another spoiler alert. Bro, she's married. Right. I don't know a lot of rules, but I'm pretty sure you can do that. Let's talk about that for a second too. It's really hard in this, in the, in watching this because Everybody has feelings and everybody wants what they want. And then what is the line of, I'm going to try and make up for what I didn't do in the past and I've grown now. And so I want this thing. So I'm going to go after it. And also being respectful of the fact that these people have a marriage and a family. Yeah. So like, where are the lines? Ooh. So I wasn't in this deep, right? But in some ways I was, I was still married when we opened our relationship. I thought it was, I say thought with quotation marks around it because I thought um, that I wanted just purely sexual experiences. And I knew I was craving more than that. I was craving emotional intimacy. I was craving range. I was craving variety. So when we opened our relationship, I was able to kiss somebody consensually and it completely opened up me falling in love essentially with another person while I was married. And I remember in the beginning when that new relationship energy is kicking in, him saying to me, like, I don't know how to navigate this because I know you're married and I'm scared of getting hurt. And it's hard because I really desire you. And I also know that there are, it's more than just me at play. And so it gets messy really quickly, especially when you're opening things up from a place of, um, Dissatisfaction. Yes. Yeah. And on, yes. not on solid ground, which is essentially what she was playing with. She was playing with fire and it really is 
playing with fire at that point um, because you're wanting more and the more is dangling in front of your face. Um, and for me, I, I kept following that and I kept pursuing that. And um, I think what could have made that situation on my end, at least in a lot more integrity was my two partners having conversations and then the three of us having conversations. And I was absolutely terrified of doing that because um, I, I think I was scared of the emotion and the bigness and the maturity that it was going to take for us all to be able to have those levels of conversations. Yeah. And yeah. we kind of see that on the show where they attempt to have dinner together. And yeah, well, eventually, uh, more spoiler alerts, eventually Cooper goes over to Brad's place when they have a full one-on-one -on -one. and they have a one-on-one -on -one and he's like, I just need to know, will you take care of my kids? Will mm -hmm. you take care of her? So it's really, it's hard because it's like, okay, that's big. And also I want to say coward, like you're not willing to do what is required in order to really step up and show up for this, for this family. And I also understand you, these people are where they're at and it's also a show, <laughs> but there is a moment where before he has the confidence, I will say to show up at his house or at his place and have this conversation, he decides to confront him in a different way. And he said, points his finger in his face and you stay the fuck away from my wife before he actually does that fully clothed and in Brad's office where he produces music, he decides to kind of chase him around a few blocks of New York city. Um, he follows him eventually to a gym and we could not forget this. No, no. We were nearing the end. I could feel us nearing the end. And I was like, we didn't talk about this part where basically he follows him and he's like, I'm, you know, working up the confidence to tell this person. And he follows him into the gym. And then he's like working out next to him. Cooper's like pumping iron while pumping iron. That's funny. He's lifting weights. I don't know. Whatever <laughs> y'all do in the gym. Yeah. He's doing curls. And he's like, <laughs> he's like giving the eyes at Brad. Who's punching a punching bag and he's got his session. And then he, you know, grabs a towel and he goes into the gym bathroom and into the showers. And it's like this open stall situation. And then Cooper goes in there behind him. And like the way the music picks up, you're like, Oh Lord, like what is, what is about to happen? And I wish that I could have recorded my reaction to this scene because I'm sure it would have been very entertaining to play back. I actually played this scene in front of several of my girlfriends and I recorded their reaction after giving them enough context because they hadn't seen the show after giving them enough context and then playing it. And it is very entertaining. So basically, you know, Cooper's in this place of, what, who is this guy? And why does she, why is she fantasizing about him? And he's got all these things that I don't have and yada, yada, yada. And they go into the stall and the biggest dick you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, what you, how many inches? Nine? Oh no. More? Uh, 10? Maybe 10, 12. Well, the thing was Brad's showering and he's got his back and you see his butt and then Cooper's like kind of looking in his direction and then you know Brad's on you know what's coming and you're like oh my god are they gonna show it oh my god are they gonna show it and then Brad turns around and you're like this was me I go what the fuck yes and then for, so now that I've seen several other people's reactions to this because this is now kind of a thing on Instagram I don't know how mm -hmm. much of a thing it might be also on TikTok but it's like recording mm -hmm. your reaction to episode three minute 19 
50 seconds <laughs> to be very specific. The horse cock. Right. He turns around and you're like, it's to your knees. It's the biggest thing I've ever seen. And it's soft. <laughs> it's flaccid. I'm blushing even thinking oh about it. Oh my God. <sighs> yeah. And I can't remember one of my friends that I was filming just was like, why well, hope he's not a grower. <laughs> Because then you've got it. You've got the size of like the tip of your fingers to your fucking elbow. Yeah. And a dick. It's a lot of dick. And him and Billy are in a relationship and she's so tiny. There's no way that that fits. So I've never communicated with the company. Oh, nut. But if they want to sponsor me, then they can. Because this is the thing. They want to sponsor Brad. Men have a... Sometimes men just have like a dick that is way too big. And if, if, if that hot man would have walked up to me in a different time in life and been like trying to make sexual advances and then I was into it and then he showed me his dick, I'd be like, Hey, nice to meet you. I hope you have a great life. Yeah. Because that is murder. Yeah. That's like, you can't pussy, right? You can't (laughs) fucking walk after what he's supposed to do. It's like, okay, it slides in and out, but you have to take one or two hands to put a buffer so that it doesn't wreck your pelvic floor. This. So I don't even know if I have time to share this very quick story, but it makes me think of, were you there at the park? When there was the man with the massive horse cock? No, no, but you told me about it very quickly. I think what it had to happen was the only thing that I could figure out was that this man's dick was so big that he probably also does have a very hard time having sexual relationships with women. So it goes both ways, I imagine, right? Like, yeah, if your dick is so large that it is actually really uncomfortable for most women to have sex with you, that you got to find a way to get off at some some way. Right. And so it didn't look fake. Like it didn't look like he had something like stuffed down his pants. Like you could see the head, like you could see the entire dick through his, (laughs) through his like pretty, not see-through, but like meshy gray shorts. And he's standing within a couple of feet of a very large picnic that I'm at and with mostly women. And he's squared off like dick towards us. And Everyone can see it and everyone is uncomfortable and the the women are giggling. Some are upset. I'm getting angry because I'm like, you know exactly what you're fucking doing, but this is not consensual. You know, but I remember having a conversation with you after and talking about how this may be a way that he's getting off and because he may not be able to have sex with a lot of people. It was the biggest dick I'd ever seen in real life. Interesting. It really is. Yeah, it really is. Biggest thing you've ever seen in your life. And so if you are listening and you have a partner that has a really large cock or uh, you are listening and you are a guy and you have the dick, (laughs) that's really long or really (laughs) thick or both. So when I just mentioned Onut, the company, Mm -hmm. there are companies that make products that make this easier for people. It is a dick bumper. So it's kind of like a really thick cock ring so that you can still put pressure on that area so that only maybe the first six inches because (laughs) a vaginal canal can only go right. So So far. So there's something that a vagina does called tenting Mm -hmm. that when it's properly lubricated and properly warmed up, but that takes up to an hour, I think an average 
the, the average on the low end, you're looking at 15 to 20 minutes mm-hmm. before it starts that process. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about really warming someone up. That's not like, let me just go down on you for a little while. No, no like they're really into it. Getting the mind involved, the Everything, full body. Everything's like, got to be, yeah, yes. working, working. It's magic. Mm-hmm. No, you can certainly have sex way before that. Totally. I do. I'm like, hey, I've got 10 minutes. You think we can make this happen? And I will orgasm and he will come all within five to seven minutes. If we need to make it happen, then we can do that. But I'm still, by the time I go to have that orgasm, I'm not as lubricated as no. if I did have more time. That doesn't mean that that's not great sex or I shouldn't no. be doing it or anything like that. They're just different things. And if he happens to bump up against your cervix during that time, during that time, it's painful. painful. Now, bumping up against my cervix once I'm fully aroused and fully engorged is really fucking delicious. Yum. Exactly. But having something bump up against that too soon is just really uncomfortable. So if you are either side of this and are challenged by dick size in some way, shape or form, a company like Ona, it's like a cock ring, but it's thick. So it'll stay, it'll put the pressure there so that you can just let the first six to seven inches go in. And then potentially as you get warmed up, you can remove one of those Mm -hmm. and go a little bit even further in, Mm -hmm. or maybe the person that you are with is just, that's, that's as good as it's going to get. And so it would be like if I had someone show up and they just had like a monster dick and I'd be like, Oh shit, I'm sorry. I like, I don't know what to tell you if they were prepared. Yeah. If they were like, don't worry. I've got, I've got us covered. It's like, like my, Oh, where is that a wedding ring? <laughs> you know, like does that also slip over my finger? Right. Exactly. So I, just throwing that out there. I've never seen the O-Net. I've heard about it. You've talked about it. Seen it yeah. And what I picture is a pool floaty that goes yes, over, over the head of his crock and goes all the way to the base. I picture like a, you know, like the donut um, yeah. pool ring. Like exactly. that's what I picture, but I pictured it like on the head of the penis and just like a just donut chill in there. <laughs> with sprinkles. Yeah. That's fun though. Yes, it is. Sounds tasty. All right. Let's take this home. And I'm looking at how long we've been doing this for. And I was like, yeah, 45 minutes, my ass. I always think that these conversations are going to be 30 to 45 minutes and they pretty much never are. We have a lot of things. We do. It, yeah. I feel like I don't do some stories justice or some of the concepts, theories, whatever justice, um, by just mentioning them and saying whether I think that this is good or this is bad, or this is gray area or whatever. I, I think you sharing and I sharing and then what we've experienced in our community and Mm -hmm. clients helps us to paint a lot of pictures and deliver a lot of perspectives, which I think is important because sometimes I listen to information by people that I respect or admire in this space. And like, that was not a fully formed thought. Like that wasn't, that wasn't everything. You're just giving a portion of that. And, um, yeah, I like to give well-rounded pieces. I agree. Yeah. I think so. Um, I think a really great place to end would be the subject of fantasy mm. because a lot of this, a lot of this helped to inspire, I think a lot of people with regard to fantasy and maybe some people saw one of the scenes and are like, come on, Joe, let's go fucking a bowl. Mm-hmm. So we can be reminded that that does not, it's not actually as hot as it looks on TV. Mm-hmm. No, but you know what I mean? Let, yeah. Like, let's go be a little risky or let's yes. go be a little edgy. And let me just throw out that if, so Billy and Brad were, she was getting fingered in the restaurant. 
Was there one? It was in an elevator. Oh, they, I mean, they in the bar do it everywhere. But it when they were ordering appetizers too. and he's fingering her at the restaurant. Oh, I forgot that part. That but anyway, so here's the thing. If you can keep it hidden, that's really hot. Mm-hmm. If someone were to stumble across you doing that, then it's, it's not consensual on that other person's part. And it is illegal. Mm-hmm. So Ludax in public. <laughs> yes. You don't want that on your record, though. If anything was going to be on my record, maybe <laughs> maybe you do want it on your record. So I just want to throw that out there. While like a lot of that was hot to try to recreate some of those experiences, yeah. you live in life on the edge, which is a part of the eroticism yes. in it all. And also don't just, classify as creepy. Yeah. Cause that, that, that's a thing. Um, mm-hmm. so anyway, I'm sure that the fantasy now that my disclaimer is out there, mm-hmm. I'm sure that this really inspired a lot of fantasy. And for some people it might've ins- inspired some of the, like, I'm angry at you cause you're not lively and you don't want to mm-hmm. meet me in this, but let's just talk about the people who are like, I want to do all the things. Finger me on the couch at the restaurant. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I love about this, because you can look at the show and think of and we've talked about some of the shadow sides of it and some of the things that they didn't do well. And what I think it did do really well was it inspired a lot of women, self-included. And for me, of the longest time, when I would talk about desire and fantasy, I would be coming up with blanks, just yeah. nothing. And it was infuriating and it was saddening. And I wanted to be a woman who had desire and fantasy. And so watching things like this, reading erotica, listening to erotica, watching shows like this, it gives me access to, Ooh, I liked that. And I loved, okay. So the one scene for me that definitely sparked the most, um, desire and fantasy, or at least the one I'm thinking of right now is when they go to a bar and they swap, um, they pretend they're not together and they're with an eye shot of one another, Billy and Brad, and they're heavily flirting with other people. And it gets to the point where they're leading these people on. And then at some point they break away and then they go fuck in the stairwell. And there's something to me about seeing my other partner, seeing my partner being um, the object of desire for someone else. And it revs my pussy. Yes. Fully. I, I have been places where someone is clearly into Jordan, Mm -hmm. which not uncommon beautiful mm-hmm. and he and his aura is open which means very inviting his his energy around him is very inviting i've been somewhere in particular where i saw it happening and i had other people that were in our group notice it and kind of get anxious for me mm. and like kind of lean over and say are you okay like the energy was like is this, is cool this okay yeah. like are you okay that that thing and i am just like yeah. Y'all handle yourselves, yes. handle yourselves. I am so into this. Yes. And he knows it. It's like consensual jealousy. If that's a thing. I, yeah, I like to fuck with myself like that. Me I too. am a masochist on a lot of levels. Same. Definitely the, 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 the mental component, um, or yeah. the emotional component, but there's how I respond and react to jealousy is a turn on for me. Same. Usually, usually I will say there's a big be- in the beginning while well, safety is still being mm, laid down in the yeah, relationship, yeah. the jealousy can teeter to me towards like, this is actually really painful. Yeah. Um, but when there is a consent to it, right? Like yeah. I am opting in to this experience instead of letting it overtake me. Absolutely. Um, 
I actually remember when we opened things up at Burning Man, I wanted to feel jealous because I wanted to feel the desire towards my husband again. And it was sad when I didn't feel it. And I remember feeling the experience of none of this is registering internally right now. Mm -hmm. And that was a red flag. Like there's something more here, but playing in that space yeah, it can be really exciting. Yeah. I remember this one particular time that, that I was just illustrating Jordan had even asked me or something, uh, this person met up, like came up to him and started talking to him. And then the question of, are you in a relationship and is it monogamous was very quickly had. Whoa. And he was like, it's funny you ask. She's literally right there. And then he introduced me to her. Mm -hmm. And then it was almost like they were asking, do I have your blessing to go flirt? Ooh, it was kind of like that. Sure. And I, and I, I am very solid, very confident in myself and and all that. And maybe there's going to be times where I'm not that way. You know, I'm thinking about in the future when pregnancy happens and post baby physique is being, you know, I'm challenged by all of these different things that are to come. And then maybe this will not be the case, but for me, where I am right now, I'm very confident and very at home and at peace, um, in a lot of ways in my body and in our relationship. And so, um, you know, for, for me, I'm like, yeah, y'all go dance, you know? And Jordan's like, are you sure about it? And I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. And I will watch. Yes. I'm good. And there were a few times throughout that night. Cause this was like a very playful kind of all night thing that was kind of touch and go as we bounced around from a couple places. And that's why people were like, are you okay with this? And I'm like, yeah, they have my blessing. Trust me. Don't fuck this up for me. Stop. You know, cause I'm sitting in the yeah. corner and I'm like, I'm so turned on by the fact that someone, re- not only do they, it was, she's showing interest in him. She was also showing interest in us, mm-hmm. but I wasn't really, I didn't really want to play. Right. I didn't yeah. really want to dance at that time. I was, you know, perched. I was with my friends. And so I was like, go do your thing. Y'all go have fun if you want to go have fun. Mm-hmm. And so when it ended, it just ended. Yeah. It was like, oh, we were and done. That could be it. That was yes. it. I think that's a good point to bring up with fantasy is that even if your fantasy is a 10 out of 10, and you talk about this a lot, there are different levels at which you can play with it, right? It can stop at the two out of 10. So with you, the fantasy was like taking this person home and having like an all night orgy with the three of you. Versus that's a threesome, not an threesome. orgy. Thank you. Um, if having- you want to add four more people. Great. Then you can. So maybe it was. So maybe you take the whole fucking bar home and y'all are just putting dicks everywhere. And for you, it got to stop at watching your partner dance with this woman. And that was really delicious. And I bet even either there was erotic energy built that the two of you got to play with that night, or maybe later on, or you had some memory to fall back on the next time you used a vibrator. There's all sorts of fun things that can come from it. Absolutely. So, and if you need help with fantasies, y'all. Holla at you girls. Yeah, we're growing and becoming more and more skilled at helping people with fantasy and understanding uh, where is your 10 versus where is your two. So if the 10 is like so wild and outlandish, then how do you take baby steps up to when you want to take a leap and also throw it out there? Some fantasies are better as fantasies. Talked about that. Yeah. Okay. So sex life on Netflix, good or bad. Hmm. So I will land in from what it did for me and I can see what it did for my friends. I'm speaking very personally here. I mostly think that it did a lot of good, um, in that it started a lot of conversations around sex, started a lot of conversations around desire. It got 
people questioning. Anytime you're in a place of questioning, I think you're in a really fucking great place because out underneath those questions is access to, to more. It's access to something that you potentially have been withholding or desiring or settled that this is the way it always has to be. And if you are in a place of questioning anything that is status quo, I think there's something really healthy about that. Now we touched on, there were some ways that the show, I think really let us down, right. Or let me down in the way that it painted. You can only have one or the other. Some of the ways they portrayed sex, some of the ways they portrayed, you know, goddamn party. uh, Yes. And so, yeah, were there components of it that I didn't love? Absolutely. And I think it did exactly what it either intended to, um, or desired to, which was, it got a lot of people talking about sex mm-hmm. and I can see we are on the verge of, I think another sexual, sexual revolution, revolution. Yeah. right? Like we they saw this in happening in the seventies and was sixties, sixties and seventies yeah. in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think the more that we're having open dialogues around desire and sex and creating sex positive environments and allowing women to feel fully expressed. That's all really fucking positive in my book. Right. Absolutely. And showing things from the perspective of the sexual woman. Yeah. Yes. And the sexual mother. Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah. Double fuck yeah. Yeah. Double fuck yeah. Um, What do you think? So for me, I feel very similarly. And while there were some concepts and some portrayals that were not necessarily my favorite, I think that the show and what it depicted was very real. Even though, even like the sex party, I'm like, it doesn't happen that way. Some, for some people, it might actually, they might watch that and go, I went to a sex party and it was exactly like that. So I feel like with regards to what they showcased, it was very real and relevant and resonant for so many people. And like you said, it's getting them questioning. And the questioning from my perspective, from where I stand is a good thing, not necessarily questioning, like leaving their family or anything like that, but questioning if what they currently have right now is really truly what they want. And if they want something different, something more than, then are they willing and prepared to do the work in order to get that thing that they want? What do they ultimately want? And if it happens to be, I want Brad and I want Cooper, well then what work needs to happen in order to get those things without detonating a bomb inside of the family unit and fucking up the children and the stability and the security and also having people lie and be deceitful. And it all wind up shaking out in the long run, probably not in a great way anyway, right? Because even though this was a show, totally, it's a show. And so maybe they did get to run into the happily ever after, which we didn't mention. Again, we are spoiling everything. This this podcast episode is for people who have already seen <laughs> the show from start to finish. Yes. Billy winds up on the last episode in the last minute leaving um some play for her kid. Sorry, kid. whatever kid. Was, and then was he like a grasshopper or something? No, he was something. <laughs> and then <laughs> he was cute. I didn't like the kid that much. Oh, I loved it. I thought he was adorable. <laughs> Fine. He, she is just like she's doing the mother thing. She's really trying with everything looks pretty good. And then she's just like, fuck it. She has a fuck it moment. She's like, I want to go have this thing. And she opened the, the elevator doors open and she winds up in the place and there's Brad. And she's like, I'm not leaving my husband. And you're like, Oh, and then she goes, now I want you to fuck my brains out. It's basically like that. And it's like, if that's what you want, 
just know that that's what you like. That's what you're signing yeah. up for. And that, yes. that is okay. I just want to throw that out there. Like, I'm not saying that's bad, wrong, all of that. But if you're consciously going to choose that, then just know what the consequences could be after and prepare yourself and don't be disillusioned that it's not going to get found out that it's not because it may or may not. Sure. Sure. Just be really truthful with yourself, with what you want. And if you do want the two things, then understand how do you have to set that up? If you want it with the true adrenaline and the spikes and the tumultuous and all of that, then you just do it without considering anybody else. But you can, from where we stand, I think we're in the business of helping people have it all. And so I want for anyone who's listening to know that you can, and unfortunately slash fortunately, it's going to take you getting really, really honest with yourself and going deep within your being and being willing to show up for the healing and the openness and the conversations. And when I say the conversations, I'm not talking about four or five conversations. I'm talking about, you might have one conversation and it feels like you actually went backwards 10 steps and you might need to have several of those conversations before you get to one that it's like, Oh, maybe we took one step forward to then do another series of six to 52 conversations that feel like you went another 10 steps back before you get to the ones where you're like, wow, there's clarity. Wow. That was a breakthrough. Wow. Or you can drop a few tabs of acid, um, and ask the universe. (laughs) That is a little bit of a joke. Maybe not acid, maybe like several grams of mushrooms. Um, but also don't jump to that without proper facilitation. That was a joke. Yep. And there's also some truth in that. So ultimately, um, do I think good or bad? If we're going to go with that binary situation, good, Mm. really, really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because of what can happen for a lot of people's relationships and the conversations that they're going to have because of it. And I fucking hope Mm -hmm. that they will talk, just talk. Because we, the business that we do is really... You've got people, we, we work with people who are married five, 10, 15, 20 plus years, kids, so much life has been lived so much and they can't talk to each other. It's wild mm-hmm. that they live, they sleep in the same bed and they can't talk to each other. And while it's wild, it is so fucking real and it's common and we yeah. see it a lot yeah. and it doesn't have to be your normal anymore. Right. And so, um, yeah, I fully agree. I think, um, we are in the business of helping people have it all. And I think you said that so beautifully. And if this show gave you access to starting to go down the question rabbit hole, right, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And know that that means you don't have to make any decisions. I think that's another really important discernment. Um, you can be in a state of questioning and not having to act whatsoever until you're ready and you have clarity to do so, or you're ready to have support and somebody can guide you through that process. Absolutely. And give your, you can give yourself permission, right? To get information. So if you're considering something or you want something else to happen in your life than is currently playing out, then ask people who are further on the journey, mm-hmm. ask people yes. and strangers on the internet are yeah. easily accessible that are a little bit further on the journey than where you perceive yourself to be. And you can yeah. say what happened in your relationship when you did this, this, or this, you have done something differently. Yes. Yeah. And hopefully you are choosing again, using that word discernment, choosing people who 
have a very open growth oriented perspective on the whole situation. So, so true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause sometimes the state of questioning can be pretty tumultuous and yeah. it can cause some internal spirals. Yeah. I had somebody reach out to me the other day and they were like ready to drop a bomb. And I just said, Whoa, it's normal to have these types of thoughts. This doesn't make you wrong. This doesn't leave. You need to mean that you need to leave your marriage. Um, and so, yeah, if you're in a state of questioning. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want help through the process, get help. Yep. So like I said, it could be friends. It could be family. It could be a therapist. It could be a coach. It could be us. Mm -hmm. And like we said, we are in the business of helping people have it all and celebrate the journey. Mm -hmm. So while you're in the fucking shit, the shittiest of the shit, we're celebrating because this is a necessary step in order for you getting the sex and the love and the life that is beyond your dreams. And so if you are interested in working with our crew, then I'll just shameless plug it here. Send in an application. We have multiple people on staff that have all trained with me and have all trained with Bryn now. Um, so yeah, we would love to be a part of your unfolding. We would love to hold you through this process and show you more of what the more in your sex and love life is. So we'll lay it out for you on a silver platter and you can choose and we can help facilitate the conversations and be a median, the median, a mediator mm -hmm. words um, for those conversations between you and a partner. And also for those of you who are listening, who are not in a partnership or in a relationship and you want to make sure that you cultivate a relationship that is based on the idea that you will have it all. There is no better time to start working on that shit than now. Yes. Before you get into the relationship so that you can call in the partner, you can manifest. If you want to use that terminology, if you want to be available for a partner that you can have it all with. I love you. I love you too. And I love you listeners in your ear holes. I love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up. Mm -hmm. Thank you for doing the fucking work. Mm -hmm. And thank you for saying that you wanted to talk about some basic ass shit with us like a netflix yes. series on this sex was it was fun yeah I who knew it would it. turn into an hour and 45 minutes all right loves bye next time thanks so much for listening to today's show if you loved it be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode and if you extra extra loved it make sure to leave a five-star review i'll see y'all next week